0: This is SoCal
1: Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. Great to be with you today. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. It's always good to be with you and to talk to you about the issues of the day and looking at them from a Christian perspective. On the show today, Dennis Prager will be with us in the next hour. We're looking forward to that. We're also giving away tickets to Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile, the event uh, we're hosting at KKLA in Los Angeles, Pasadena, First Church of the Nazarenes, where it will be hosted on February 20th. You can buy tickets online at kkla.com by clicking on the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile banner. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. You know, one of the things that is going on in the in the world that we've got to stop and uh, take a look at, we we spent some time a couple of days ago praying about the earthquake that happened in Turkey and Syria. But the death toll from that earthquake, uh, I don't know if you follow that news. You know, we had the State of the Union show and so many things kind of here locally, and we're still reeling over the balloon above us and issues in our own country but let's not miss right now over 20,000 people have died that they have discovered i think that number is going to go a lot higher 20,000 people in turkey and syria have died and uh, they are frantically looking for survivors over 5,000 buildings have collapsed it is a uh, unspeakable tragedy 7.8 7.8 percent um 7.8 percent percent 7.8 magnitude earthquake Uh, here is nbc reporting about it today
2: overnight using bulldozers and buckets working in freezing conditions rescuers in syria pulling more survivors from the rubble while in turkey this little girl lifted through the ceiling of a collapsed building by israeli rescuers the crowd cheering as she's freed after being trapped for more than 60 hours this dog its back legs trapped freed by rescuers every life worth saving but tragically for many waiting for loved ones ends like this in grief and tears this father holding his dead daughter's hand too distraught to leave her as recovery teams try to remove her trapped body this morning, the State Department confirming three Americans are among the thousands killed in Turkey, not identifying them, saying we offer our sincerest condolences. American rescue teams are now on the ground with search dogs and heavy equipment helping to dig through the rubble in Turkey. President Biden pledging support to both Turkey and Syria.
1: It's about saving human life.
2: Across the disaster zone, countless buildings and homes are too dangerous to stay in, forcing hundreds of thousands terrified of aftershocks to sleep in shelters or out in the open with frigid temperatures plummeting into the 20s overnight.
1: We are not safe because uh, some apartments are cracking it is a uh, it's a terrible terrible tragedy going on over there and as christians we should be aware and praying also praying for our brothers and sisters in in christ who are there you know turkey it's it's interesting the way it's described religiously if you if you look it up they are officially they are a nato ally uh i think that's going to be more and more relevant uh, in the future is they're not always in line with uh kind of where we're coming from it's a it's a secular country, but it's almost entirely Muslim as far as people who live in Turkey and who are from Turkey. But inside the country are lots of Christian ministries. And uh, people from all around the world are sending people, including people from uh, Israel is sending people, the United States is sending people. Uh, one of our aircraft carriers, the George H.W. Bush, I think is Uh, beginning to set up the ability to help and USAID is sending in a bunch of people. This is going to be a uh, just a massive operation. Do you watch any of this? Do you pay attention to what some of what is happening over there on social media? There are heartbreaking videos, astonishing videos that people can film now because everybody carries around a television studio in their pocket and you see this on social media. Uh, It's not the first time something like this has happened but I think because of the connection that we have in social media and the change in media uh, ability that people have, we're seeing different things. I've been watching people gathering around different places. And what's happening is the foundations of a lot of the buildings are, are not well built for an earthquake of this magnitude. So while many of the buildings are still standing, they continue to fall even days after the earthquake. I'm not entirely sure if some of the buildings that are collapsing still have people in them. There certainly are in the videos I've seen many people standing out in the street and taking pictures of the buildings just kind of imploding on each other. And I can't help but think of what it looked like in the United States on, on 9-11. Obviously, this is a different thing, natural disaster, not a terrorist attack. But uh, the pictures and the rubble, is um, it's pretty significant. There are satellite pictures now where that take a picture of certain roads in certain parts of the city right along the, the fault line that shifted during this earthquake. And it is incredible to see how in just a couple of days, you know, part of neighborhoods have now moved up the street. Uh, we haven't been able to see that before in history. We knew about the, the shifting plates, right? But you actually see, you know, right on the line of the fault, the houses and buildings are torn in half. But the on each side of it, uh, they've moved many feet. It's it is it's a major, major, major shift in uh, what happens there. The videos are showing you know kids being pulled out of the rubble. There was a very emotional one where they were pulling a man's body out of the the rubble, and underneath him, he had kind of curled up in a ball, and inside the ball he had made with his body was his infant son who was alive, and he shared. He saved the life of his his infant son, and you know it's a it's a tragedy. It is it's one of those things that you just say you know Lord, why does this happen? It's something that you know happens a lot overseas, I think. But it's certainly something that we have seen these kinds of disasters in our country. We're blessed with some infrastructure that hopefully will hold up better. You know we're we're supposed to have a big one here. You know seven point eight is big, but it's we've had bigger. And, you know, a big earthquake like that underneath Los Angeles or San Diego is going to cause very extensive damage, lots of loss of life. And, uh, you know, scientists tell us that it is coming. They can't tell us when, but it's on its way. Are you prepared for that? Do you have earthquake preparations? Do you have things in your garage? You know, getting prepared for the reality of events like this, I think it matters a lot for all of us. Uh, Do you have family in Turkey? Is this affecting you in Turkey or Syria? There are several other surrounding countries that are affected by this earthquake. You know how you can feel it, you know, uh, very, very far away. You can join our conversation. This is Southern California live. Call me up at 888-528-2557 to share your thoughts. 888-528-2557 to share your thoughts about this. And especially if you've got some family or people who are involved Uh, There will be, for a long time, lots of opportunity for uh, Christians to, and just anybody, to help uh, dig people out. The other part of the issue that's hard is the freezing weather. It's very cold up there, and so they're trying to rescue people under this rubble, and they really only have a few days, right, until people run out of, uh, what do you have, about four days of rescue possibility, where after that they'll start to decide that most people won't survive. Hopefully, there'll be some survivors who, for some reason, have access to water. Often in the rubble, you know, they find people who survive in a pocket, and if there's a broken pipe or something dripping water, they can survive for a while. But it's a very, very sad, sad story. Uh, this is the world's deadliest earthquake since 2011. And that's the one that happened in uh, Japan and spurred the tsunami that hit Japan in 2011. Uh, 20,000 people uh, were killed by that earthquake and tsunami in Japan. Uh, there are so far about 70,000 other people who are, who are injured. The churches, and this is something I think that we all should, should realize the church, our brothers and sisters in Christ, they are everywhere in the world. And even in a country that is, um, mostly Muslim and, uh, somewhat hostile and growing in hostility towards Christians for sure, the churches got into action right away. Christianity Today had an article talking about some of what's happening. Samaritan's Perth, by the way, is sending a bunch of people in, uh, lots of different organizations. Christianity Today interviewed some pastors and people, and they just said things like, you know, we have to stay. We were looking for ways to get out, one pastor wrote. Um, but I called, he said, I called my wife and I called the family and we've decided we have to stay. We have to say to love people. He said, this is our only spiritual reflection right now. You know, at any time in our life, at any time in our life, everything that we're working on can be changed. At any time in our life, we're just going along doing our life and we're making plans. Things can be changed all of a sudden. You know, this is a big reason why we need to have faith. This is a big reason In an opportunity, I think when we see things like this happen, to take a look at what it is that we actually put our hope into. You are maybe looking today at investing in our country. You're wondering about the economy: are we headed to recession or are we not? Is the is your 401k going to deal with it well if we have a downturn? How is inflation affecting those things? Are you getting a new job? Are you finding a new career? Are you doing you know so many things that we think about? Are you raising your kids? Are they going to the right school? um is your health care good are your parents okay all kinds of questions we ask they're all good they're part of regular life but we've got to be prepared that at any moment life can just change what if that Chinese balloon that flew over was carrying a bomb of some kind or some kind of toxic material right that the balloon is still in everybody's mind I think because it's such a it's such a huge deal what if it had something terrible in it well we would immediately be at war right, if that was some attack on our country, a la Pearl Harbor or something like that, it would would change every one of our lives instantaneously. Do you see it that way? And I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this because I think we have to live in the reality of the world we live in, where at any moment something might happen and alter the course of our life. Is your faith strong enough to deal with that? Or does your faith fall apart? Is your faith sort of hanging on the hinges of God answering a specific prayer that you might have so that you are successful or comfortable or surviving an illness or whatever it is? Or is your faith bigger than that? What do you think about faith? How can we encourage each other in our faith? You can join the conversation, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. 2557 You know, I think it's, it's maybe something we'd always want to talk about, but you got to talk about it. You, it's, and, be, and ask yourself that question about your faith. There was a, a book that somebody wrote a few years ago. It was called, Has Christianity Failed You? And I thought it was an interesting book because I wonder how many people in their faith, uh, is their faith attached to something that they didn't realize it was attached to? You know maybe it was attached to your your job or a relationship you're in, maybe your faith was attached to a certain circumstance, something you thought might happen, and then that falls apart, and you lose your faith and the idea has Christianity failed you? It's such an interesting question, really, because I think for a lot of us, the way we approach religion, even our faith is what can I get out of this? And if I can't get anything out of it, I guess I'll go look somewhere else. That's not true faith, by the way. Uh, that's shopping for something, right? That's taking a look at what is it that I can go buy? What is it that I can actually um, go do? And uh, if it works for me, I'll keep doing it. If it doesn't work, then I guess I'll have to switch. Is that the attitude that we have toward our faith? I think that is the attitude for some of us without realizing it. That's a, that's a big piece. Or really ask yourself... What would happen if things in your life just – you know, maybe, maybe in a tragedy, but maybe just something else. You got a job in the other side of the country. Uh, you decided to go to school at a, a school in another country, and uh, that's totally not what you thought. And You're going to undo a lot of relationships and a lot of – maybe you're going to have some challenges because of that that are normal life things. Your company goes out of business. You, you have to move because the landlord is selling the house that you're renting or the, you know, there's all kinds of things that suddenly happen. Is your faith tied up into that? One of the things I'm appreciating about these Turkish ministries in these evangelical ministries is they are very honest about their first instinct being wanting to go and get out of there if you survive. Um, But then this one pastor, uh, Pastor uh, Talas was his name. He said, our sweet Lord is suffering with us. We are not alone Churches over there have uh, suffered great loss in their buildings. Many, many houses, they call them houses of prayer over there, which is what Jesus would probably have you call your building. Um, They've been badly damaged or destroyed. There's tragic stories with pastors. One longtime pastor at one of the largest evangelical churches, Uh, he and his wife died in the quake, but their son survived. And that's a terrible story that that has happened. Uh, Lots of different people in different ministries Um, are just going through the tremendous tragedies over there. We need to be in prayer about that. And I think we need to be aware of the world we're in, uh, that we're living in a time that is not stable. I don't know if you've noticed that either. But the next couple of weeks, I think, are going to be, um, we need to be paying attention. It was about a year ago, right, that uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. And everybody thought that war would be over in a month. Uh, And it wasn't. And a year later, what's happening right now, I don't know if you saw this on the news, but Russia is massing 1,800 tanks, 700 aircraft, and 500,000 men for a new uh, assault on Ukraine. Uh, so they're just going to steamroll over it. But that's an awful lot of of people. What's going to happen? I mean, when you think about that, and when I think about that, not just for Ukraine, but The world, NATO countries, our country, we have invested in Ukraine hundreds of millions of dollars over the last couple of years or the last year. The, you know, do we just say, well, that's it? What if with this time Putin takes over that country very, very quickly? You know, whatever that case is, whatever happens, there's there's an escalation going on and the West is going to have to decide what does it want to do? And it's very, very hard because you're going to have to decide, basically, am I going to sign up for World War III and go to war with Russia? What's China going to do once that move is made? Or are we going to allow the fall of Ukraine and all of that? And then you're going to have a 1938 scenario where you're wondering, well, does Putin go into Poland next? Does he go into Romania? Those are real, very real questions. I don't think in my life... Except for maybe just a couple of moments have we been on the, really in my life, probably this is the biggest moment where we're, we're very close to a serious, serious world war. Christy and I were talking about that the other night. And, you know, what would that mean? What would that mean if we, we really went into war? Do you think about stuff like that? And, and it's not to be fearful. I think that we, you know, the scriptures call us to be sober minded. I like that term. It just, it's not to be fearful. We should not be afraid at all. The Bible tells us very, very clearly what the world is going to be like. You know, and and when you read the Bible and then you take a look at what's happening in the world, that should, in a way, give you great comfort with what's happening in the world, not because you like what's happening, but because it's predicted, because it's not a surprise, because this is the history of the world barreling toward the ultimate return of Christ, ultimately, is what's going to happen. See, that's happening right before our eyes in the next hour I was talking, uh, we're going to have Dennis Prager on, I got a conversation with him today just about uh, the Old Testament and why Christians should study it. And, you know, if you are reading through the Bible, hang on, how many of you, in fact, I'd love to hear your experience so far, Have you? did you decide you're going to read through the Bible this year? If you did, and if it's like a daily reading plan and you just started in Genesis and you're going to go through it? Well, if you're doing it on a year calendar, you are almost through Leviticus at this point, if you stayed with it. How's that going? Um, Leviticus is tough. When you read through the Bible this way, you get Genesis is pretty cool. There's some shocking stories in there. There's a lot of clarity, though, you get on a lot of stories, maybe some things you'd never heard. You know, Noah walking around drunk after the, uh, the ark, lying naked there in the dirt. You didn't have that part in your Sunday school uh, flannel graph wherever you went to church, if you grew up in church, they skip that part of the story. But it's a very human part of the story, right? You're in that ark for 40 days and 40 nights, you finally land on Ararat, and uh, what are you going to do? Well, you know, you shouldn't do this, but it's a very real response, I think, of what those circumstances would have been. You read, and what you see as you go through Genesis, Exodus, is a lot of very human response. But then you get into all these laws and a whole bunch of stuff that seems antiquated and seems like it's not really relevant and it's hard to understand some of it. But when you read all that stuff and you read about, and then later on you make it through that part, I want to encourage you just to go back to it and just read it. Don't worry if you don't get it, just keep going. And when you get back into Deuteronomy and then Joshua Judges, Ruth and these great books in history, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of stuff that's going to make you cringe. There's stuff in there that, that, you know, I think people often who aren't believers, who don't understand the Bible, think that shouldn't be in there. This shouldn't be in a religious book. You know, there's there's some pretty heinous things that people do in there. But the story is telling the reality of the world, not the way God wants it to be. Um, this is the reality of a fallen world and what happens. And then you read that, and then you look at the world today, you look at the disasters in Turkey, then you look at the war that is upon us in Ukraine— what could happen with China and other stuff, you realize this isn't, the world today is not any different than the world was back then. And that also should give you, I think, some strength to keep reading in your Bible, to keep going through and realizing that this word of God that you have, this, what we believe as Christians is God revealing himself to you and telling you what the world is about, what history has been about, what's important, where we're going, what's going to happen, and what you need to do about it. Um... That'll build your faith. We need to be people of the Word who really understand that, and not just people who are relying on their circumstances for their faith. That's the scariest thing, I think, to me as, as a pastor, is seeing people lose their faith um, because they didn't get into the school they wanted, they didn't get the job they wanted, uh, because Grandma, you know, died of cancer or something, and even though we prayed for her, she still died. Everybody dies, and not everybody gets into the school. That they're, There's no promises like that in Scripture. Instead, we are to take a look at what God's will is and ask to be in his will and pray for those things. And at the same time, I've seen tremendous answers to prayer that people have in their life. When you know your scripture, you take a look at world events like this, and you realize that, number one, we shouldn't be surprised. We should be saddened, and we should be moved to help. And I hope that you're going to take a look at some ways that you can help out. Begin with prayer but find ways to help. We should also be looking at the the world that is scary with wars and things like that, and to realize, you know what, this is something else that's predicted. I should not be surprised. In world history, we've had an awful lot of wars, and there's nothing in human nature that has changed. There is a world, I think, that is ignoring the realities of human nature, which is something, I think, that leads to war very often. What do you think about these things? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. When we come back later this hour, we will be giving away free tickets to Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile, the event that uh, we're hosting at KKLA on February 20th. So you want to stay tuned for that. And uh, I'll share some other things from the State of the Union show uh, when we get back and take your calls. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrier, your host. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. No, it's not raining outside, but the writer of that song, uh, Raindrops Are Falling Out My Head, is Burt Bacharach, who died uh, earlier, I guess, today or last night. He was 94 years old. He wrote a lot of stuff. I mean, he wrote for people like Dionne Warwick and Tom Jones, Neil Diamond, The Carpenters, uh, Dusty Springfield, Christopher Cross. He wrote movie soundtracks. There's all kinds of stuff. I saw a billboard for him out in Temecula a year or two ago, a concert that he was doing, and I thought, surely he must be dead. They must be just covering his songs. And then I looked it up. No, he's he was still going. Anyway, he passed away. And I uh, don't know anything about uh, where he was at with respect to the Lord, but uh, he was a talented guy. That is for sure. Live to be 94. Okay, we're talking about uh, earthquakes and faith and uh, what the Lord is doing. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Daniel from Calabasas, or David, I'm sorry. Is it Daniel? Dave, Daniel from Calabasas. Welcome Daniel. to Southern California Live. How you doing, Daniel?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing fine.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to talk about a little bit about the earthquake in Turkey.
1: Yeah, are you following uh, that story?
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm following it, you know, every day and seeing all those social media stories that you're talking about. And I saw there was like a two-month-old baby that actually came out of it. And there was another one that I think was born after 90 hours. I mean, you know, it's tragic what's happening over there. And my wife, she's from Turkey. mm. And uh, she's eleven hours away from there. She's actually in the capital, uh, Istanbul.
1: Okay, that's where she is right now.
0: And, no, no, no. She is living with me here in Calabasas. Yeah. But okay. Her family. Her family is from Istanbul. Ah. Huh. And she was following some of the stories because, like, she's following it, you know, all day, twenty-four-seven. She said that the scientists over there were saying that there's going to be a major earthquake again, but in Istanbul by 2025.
1: So they think it's coming quickly. Yeah. Uh, Very, very soon there. Is Istanbul, does she know, is is that city uh, as the capital, are the buildings more modern and might withstand the earthquake better, or is it going to be a similar story?
0: You know, it's going to be a similar story. I was actually over there last year with her, uh, actually just recently, um, not like last year, it was like in August from August to September, we spent like six weeks there. Yeah. And I'm telling you all of the, all of the apartment buildings over there are the infrastructure over there. It seems like it's going to fall apart. Yeah. It's not every city, but majority of the cities are, um, you know, they will not withstand the earthquake. So, I mean, we were talking about it, and if we would know exactly when that would happen, it's like, you know, let the scientists tell everybody to go outside during this time. But, I mean, you can't even foresee when it can happen. It's like the 1994 earthquake that happened with us in the Northridge Mm -hmm. that, you know, impeded like 30-mile radius from there all the way down to Santa Monica and maybe parts of San Diego and all that. Yeah. It happened at four in the morning, and you can't even understand what to do at that time. Or you know, you can be sleeping.
1: And that's what happened in Turkey, right? This happened at four in the morning. Yeah, in Turkey, and the
0: fact that it happened during the coldest time of the year. Yes. So it's not it's not that the earthquake um, could be you know help you know making them suffer. It's like the cold that they're now having to withstand and trying to survive underneath the, you know, all the the broken building parts.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a massive uh, thing. I think, that unfortunately, that number of the dead is going to go way up. Uh, I, you know, and the buildings continue to collapse because the foundations are shifted, and even though they're standing for a while, uh, they just continue to drop, uh, even when the shaking has stopped.
0: Yeah, even the yeah. aftershocks that were happening, and you don't even know if you'll feel safe to stay in your apartment building because maybe it can collapse within a few days or a few weeks.
1: So what are people doing? Monthly? Are they, are they just cause the, all the videos I'm watching the streets are just filled with people. I imagine you don't want to be in any building in a lot of these cities.
0: I know you don't want to be in any building. And I think that what they're doing is, I mean, I think that they're pretty much outside or maybe in some type of warehouse, which is like kind of, Right out in a bigger area, yeah. And especially those that are saved. I mean, I saw even the kids that were saved. They're not even laying down in mattresses. They're laying down
1: on plain, uh, you know, flat
0: yeah. cardboard.
1: Yep. Is your wife's yeah. family affected directly?
0: They're not affected directly because some of them are. Uh, I mean, most of them from her family side are in the Istanbul area yeah and a uh, few of the families are probably 30 miles or maybe 60 kilometers away from the from the capital right but southern Turkey is 11 hours away from uh, Istanbul so you know Istanbul is very big yeah in order to fly there like from Turkey like Istanbul it would take like an hour or two just to get to southern Turkey.
1: Yeah. So,
0: um, you know, when she is talking to all her family side over there, they did not feel the earthquake.
1: Huh. So they're yeah. for away. Well, I'm glad for her family anyway. I, I I, hopefully hopefully they'll be prepared for something that could happen soon there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they were saying that, I guess,
0: what they were saying was, they knew an earthquake was going to happen, but they didn't broadcast it out. So now that it happened, now they have to deal with the consequences. And so now because this happened, they're letting everybody know that another one is coming in the capital of Istanbul by 2025.
1: Wow. Well, hopefully and they I will. They'll... I
0: don't know if their president knew about it.
1: He's under some kind yeah. of uh, criticism because of the initial way uh, things were handling. I haven't followed all of that, except I've seen that uh, people were pretty upset with the the initial response uh, by the government. All right. Uh, well, Daniel, I yeah. hope that uh, that we don't see that earthquake happen in Istanbul. And I hope that your wife's family uh, and everybody you know remains safe. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for calling us and uh, sharing about that. The number is 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, 888-528-2557. They come up on you just without notice, right? That's why you have to get prepared. Uh, There there is such a, uh, it's something I think that we forget to do with a lot of things in our life, right? We have to be prepared in advance. I remember the Northridge one if you were around Southern California. I was in uh, Orange County at the time, and I was getting up in the morning to drive up to uh, the Antelope Valley, was where my family was at that time, and I remember feeling that earthquake and the rolling sense of it, and it was very strong all the way out in uh, Costa Mesa, I think, is where it was. And then I got on the freeway shortly after, uh, you know, maybe seven o'clock, and I saw that the the outfield stands or lights from uh, Anaheim Stadium had collapsed. That was my first sense that. This was a much bigger earthquake than what uh, I had initially thought. Of course, this was before that we all had uh, news studios in our pockets and stuff, and uh, I hadn't really seen much uh, on it yet. Um, It's a shocking thing. Are you ready? Are you ready for uh, the earthquake that is coming? Um, I think that... In my household, I think we got the supplies. We got one of those food kits. You have those that you can buy them in different places that have like dry food that you you carry, you keep with you that's supposed to last for 25 years or something like that. And it's like two months supply. I hope that's for real and uh, (laughs) not just some kind of weird sand I'm going to try to eat. Uh, And I try to keep a, a bunch of bottled water and rotate that around and uh, some canned food and things. I forget, though. And then I go out and check the cans and it's expired. It lasts a long time. Uh, let me encourage you to get prepared. Uh, something is going to happen. There, you know, disasters happen. We are not immune to it. And we might do better than some countries will do. But, you know, that kind of an earthquake in the Southern California, if it hits in a metropolitan area especially and the freeways come down and transportation is difficult, what happens if the airports are taken out by it? You, you're you going to be on your own, you know, for a while, one way or the other. That's just a fact, um, with all of the advancements and things that we have. As I look about this, you know, earthquakes, you know, the, it's part of the sign of the times, too. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew 24, when asked about the end of the age, you know, people are always wanting to know, you know, dates and times, but Jesus' first thing he says is, watch out that no one deceives you. You know, that's first. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and those people will deceive many. You will hear wars and rumors of wars, which we're hearing. There's wars and definite rumors of war we've got going on right now. What's China up to? What's happening with Russia? It looks like they're going to have a massive invasion into uh, Ukraine uh, in a week or two. Um, That looks like it's going to happen. Are we, you know, that's part of the world we live in. But then Jesus says something really interesting. He says, "You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. See don't we shouldn't be alarmed by these things. He says, "Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginnings of birth pains. And, you know, it is something we should not be alarmed about. We should be aware. Now, the next line does get more frightening. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated because, by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm till the end will be saved." And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So in a way, when we look at these things, we've got we to gotta take Jesus' words as they are. You know, that, that definitely sounds like our generation, those kinds of things. But it has also sounded like the generations of people in most cultures over and over and over again. And sometimes you have a time of great revival. I hope that that's what the time is. I mean, I hope that Jesus comes back. It'll be nice to wrap it up as hard as that's going to be. But uh, in the meantime, I hope that through the grace of God and his forbearance that we're about to have a tremendous, tremendous revival. I think that is possible. And that's one of the reasons why we can't be alarmed. Instead, we need to look at these things going on in the world and say, hey, Do not be afraid of these things. Be afraid of God. And here's the story of God. And here's how you fear God. And here's the grace and salvation that you have in God's love. Be ready to meet Him one day, one way or the other. And here's how you do that. You put your faith in Jesus Christ. You trust Him as your Savior. Believe that He died on the cross for your sins and rose again from the grave. And whoever believes in Him will have eternal life. If you believe that, there's nothing to fear. You just do what God has called you to do, whatever the circumstances are. All right, got to take a break. When we come back, we will be giving away in the next segment tickets to Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. So stay tuned for that. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. Don't call yet for the tickets. I will. I will give you the official announcement to call for the tickets. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live Studio at 213-537-3812. I
3: have theological differences with some Jews, obviously. Christians have male-
1: theological differences with some And you're each gonna other. hear from them when this book gets published, I'm telling you right now. Well, yeah, well, that may
3: well be. I I, I hope they read it because <laughs> I think it'll I think look, I think it'll help it helps Jews and Christians' faith. But uh, I'll tell you, the issue for me is is whether we are saved through works or not. That's the most important distinction, uh, where uh, I I do believe you're saved through. I think God rewards people who do good.
1: That is uh, Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas having a discussion about the differences in belief for Jews and and, uh, Christians. And, uh, both of them will be joining me on Friday, on Monday, Monday, the 20th of February, coming up here really quick for Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. To get tickets for that, uh, you need to call 888. Uh, I'm sorry. And to get tickets for that, go to kkla.com and click on the banner for, for that. You can get tickets right now online. The VIP tickets are running out. So I want you to know there, there are very few of those left. The event starts at 7 p.m. That's the general admission tickets. But the VIP tickets, you get a chance to meet Dennis and meet Eric, and I'll be there too. And uh, those are uh, $99, but they are selling out. So if you want that opportunity, you need to go to kkla.com, click on the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile banner, and uh, get them right away before they are gone. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We are going to take caller number 9. Caller number nine will get free tickets to Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. Call right now, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Call right now, and I'll give tickets away to the ninth caller, ninth caller 888-528-2557. So uh check that out. You know, I'm looking forward to this event. It's on the 20th. It's at Pasadena First Church of the Nazarene and uh it's you know, it's President's Day, so traffic should be a little bit less, right? And uh I think that you will you'll get a lot from this. Next hour, I actually have uh Dennis Prager will be our guest and uh we're going to talk about a couple of things I think re- that are related to this, why you're going to enjoy it, how that's going to go. And um I think you will enjoy that. He's he is you know, a very passionate, passionate guy. Um, so the number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Let me go to the phones and uh, see how we're doing. Hi. Oops, I clicked the wrong thing. I like that music, though. It reminds me like when the Peanuts Holiday Special is coming on here. Hi, welcome to Southern California Live. Who's this? Joey. Joey, you are the winner <gasps> of our tickets for oh, Ask a Jew, Ask goodness. a Gentile. You get one pair of tickets. Congratulations.
3: Wow. Yeah.
1: So um, what, what do you look forward to the most in going to this event? What interests you about it?
3: Well, I don't think I've ever heard uh, Christians ask tough questions before of Jewish people in front of me. I mean, not in my circles. And I just find it fascinating that Metaxas, who is you know he's great he really knows the bible well i think he's going to really give him give prager a real challenge on the jewish beliefs and you know that the messiah you know, I, I know that I know that he doesn't. He believes that the he believes that my Messiah could have come, but he doesn't believe in the Trinity, etc. Yeah. So that, well, those challenges, I like. I would love to hear what he has to say about all that.
1: I think that's going to be uh, very good. You know, and Dennis Prager is going to push back. He's got. He's going to challenge all of us who are Christians uh, for why, right? I think it's going to be something that, you know, what I excites me about it is that it will drive people back into their scriptures. What does the Bible actually say here? Right. Right? I think that is a a really good thing. So uh, you get two tickets. You're going to bring somebody along. Do you know who that is yet?
3: Yes. Oh, I do right away. Who are you going to bring? Well, I hope Janina. I don't know if she's available.
1: Oh, (laughs) who's Janina?
3: It's a good friend of mine.
1: Oh, okay. Well, uh, you should give her a call and say, hey, what you doing on uh, Friday the 20th? I,
3: I immediately, I will be. <laughs> all right. Well, go ahead. And,
1: I'm going to put you on hold, so do not hang up. or Otherwise, we won't uh, have your name and address and all of that, okay? Okay, all
3: thank right. you. So
1: do not hang up. Wilbert is going to get your name and address so we can get you those tickets uh, right away. All right. Um, Next hour, by the way, we'll give away some more tickets for this event. So uh, if you didn't get the free tickets, uh, two things you can do. You can hang on, you know, for next hour. We'll give another pair away next hour. Or you can just simply go to KKLA.com, click on the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile banner. And uh, I want to invite you to go. You know, if you're listening in uh, anywhere in Southern California, First Church of the Pasadena, First Church of the Nazarene, it's not too far. You hop on the uh, 210 once you are in uh, uh, what, San Bernardino County, all the way from there, all the way uh, um, into uh, LA and LA County. You can get on there. 118, if you're up in Ventura County, you will connect with the 210. You can get there pretty quickly. And so I think that it's a good location to bring in a lot of people. And, you know, I I think, in fact, when this event's over, one of the things I'm going to want to hear from you is what did you learn? You know, how was your faith you know, how did you grow your faith? Maybe your faith was challenged. Because I think that when it comes to the way people interpret Scripture differently, obviously there's a big difference between Jews and and Christians and how we address the Old Testament. But even among Christians, in our different denominations, in our different groups of people, you know, Often we haven't we, we kind of assume sometimes ignorantly what people in other denominations or other traditions believe. And I think this is a, a very good thing for us because I believe, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, Jesus is the judge, right? And there's a the, the seminary question is, you know, how wrong can you still be about Bible interpretation and still be saved? Right? So with all the denominations and traditions, there are some things that people disagree on pretty significantly. Um, somebody's right, or, and somebody's wrong, or everybody's wrong, and it's something else. You know, how wrong can you be, right? And I think, uh, I, I think that question is scarier than it sounds. I think you've got to accept Jesus as your Savior. You've got to accept that, as for Christians, that he is the Messiah, that you're not saved by works. I mean, that's something that uh, Dennis is going to talk about. And Eric will respond about how important our works are. You know, the book of James makes it really clear that faith without works is dead. And it's the distinction of Christianity, not just from Christians and Jews, but Christians and everybody else, that you are saved by grace, that the works you do are a result of that grace on your life, a result of the acceptance of Christ, that we all should do good things, uh, and that God has prepared good things in advance for us to do. Um, But the distinction of Christianity over everything else is that we're saved by faith, by the grace of God. And, you know, that's the answer. That's the answer. It's Alistair Begg, you know, I think famously says, when you meet Jesus, if the first words when he says, why should uh, should I let you in here, if that's how it goes, if the first words out of your mouth are, because I did, uh, you might have some problem. Because the answer is, because you did. Because Jesus took care of it. Uh, and that's what we believe. I think that is such a uh, uh, important thing. And you know what? The knowing your Bible better and being challenged—that's something else too about our faith. And Christians, you got to hear this: do not be afraid of somebody challenging your faith or challenging the Word of God. The Bible has been challenged for thousands of years. The New Testament has been challenged for two thousand years. And it's still here and people coming to the Lord and the things that people sort of say, and they think it's some kind of uh, mic drop, drop moment. Oh, I destroyed, you know, Christianity. No, they didn't. Not at all. We don't have anything to fear. If what we believe is true, then you should be able to uh, go ahead and ask questions. You should be able to even come to the understanding that some things are hard, or maybe we don't have all the answers to everything. That's okay. Uh, We shouldn't be afraid of that. I did a retreat one time. I was speaking at a conference and I've just made a comment about how the Bible was put together. And what I said was, uh, you know, the Bible didn't just fly out of the sky, uh, all put together in one form for people to read as God's word. God used, you know, 40 different writers from different cultures and different time periods over 1500 years to write the Bible. And you should understand that And biblical, you know, the the miracle of the scripture is that it does come together over that period of time and that many writers to tell the same story and point to Jesus Christ. Well, somebody there who actually was a pastor, uh, a youth pastor at uh, some church, he didn't think I should be telling people that. He felt like, uh, you know what, people are going to you know, uh, doubt their faith if they uh, think that you know, the Bible is something that, uh, that human beings wrote over. What are you talking about? What are they teaching you in that seminary? Of course it is. I'm not going to tell people that it's just a, uh, a magic book that fell out of the sky or that somebody dug up. That's what other uh, uh, people say. No, God inspired his people to write down these stories. And the proof of it the proof, I think, and the, the the greatness of the scriptures is when you really know it, when you really do, chan, you know, uh, challenge it, when you really get into the research, The your faith is strengthened because you say, how can it be that people over this period of time wrote a continuous story, wrote a story that so clearly, in my judgment and the judgment of Christians, points to Jesus Christ. Uh I think it's actually a, a proof of our faith that God did it that way. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of questions. And if you leave there, you know, kind of wondering about something, great. Now you know where God wants you to study. That's, I think, one of the values of this event. So to get tickets, go to com. It is Monday, February 20th at 7 p.m. The VIP reception, if you get tickets for that, are 5 p.m. General admission seating begins at 645. It's Pasadena, First Church of the Nazarene. Uh, Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas will be there and having this Jewish-Christian dialogue. It's going to be great. I look forward to it. Go to kkla.com to get tickets. All right, when we come back, Dennis Prager will join us live on Southern California Live. Stay tuned.